0: So I don't know if you guys even have a topic for tonight in your calendar, it wasn't printed in our calendar, um, but obviously the title is, that for tonight is Developing the Art of Being a Good Friend, which is a really long title, so you may want to just start writing it now. Uh, but we, y'all, we all had a series of friendship, discussions of friendship, lessons on friendship throughout the summer. and. Uh, So you may be wondering why we're revisiting that tonight. Um, Craig and I were going to split in August um, when we we were going to talk about the practical tips for developing friendship and I got sick. And so we ended up teaching everybody that night. And Justin said, hey, why don't you know, we just throw you on the calendar later. Surely your lessons weren't that similar, you know. And um, I went back and I listened to Craig's lesson and actually our, our lessons were very similar. It's like, we, it's like we studied from the same book, like the Bible or something. Um, but I decided to not change much. So I already gave this lesson to the middle schoolers. Um, I didn't change much just because you know, I have a different perspective than Craig, but we're still coming at it from the truth of God's word. And I use some different passages than he does. And to be honest, I'm sure that not many of you really remember exactly his entire lesson and you may not have even been there. So we will um, talk tonight about that um, topic of friendship. And um, if you think back through the summer series, Uh, Justin and other teachers did a fabulous job of providing ways to be a good friend. They talked about what makes a friend. Um, They talked about the friend that we have in Jesus and then they talked about, you know, the consequences of bad friends. And where you started the series though, at the very beginning was with the understanding that God created friendship. He created us to have a relationship with him and he created us to have a relationship with others. And one reason for these relationships with others is so that we will be sanctified so that we will become more Christ-like, which really puts God's glory on display to the world. Now, again, you may or may not remember that when Craig taught, he used Colossians three, which was his jumping off point. And that chapter really looks at that process for biblical change. We find our position in Christ, who we are first, we put off sin, and then we put on new righteousness. And this new change as a believer greatly impacts our friendships. And so like I said, some of our points are going to um, overlap, but what he really brought out that I wanted to emphasize before we got started is that to have a good friend, you have to learn how to be a good friend first. And I really loved that point of his. So hopefully by now you've gotten the title of tonight's lesson. Um, There is an art to being a good friend, meaning it takes a developed skill to be a good friend. It takes practice, thought, intent, and time. You don't just wake up one day with these skills. They have to be cultivated. Much like how you would care for a plant. You gotta have the right amount of water, you gotta have the good dirt, you've gotta have the right lighting, maybe a little fertilizer for that plant. Uh, This is according to my mother, who was the plant expert. Um, And I have tried to learn from her this this skill, but I'm still learning. Um, She has cultivated this skill over the years. But I really try not to treat my friendships like I do my plants pretty haphazardly. You know, I only water them when they start to look unhappy and I only provide fertilizer when a fungus is growing on them. (laughs) Um, These visuals are my cue that it needs attention. So obviously friends and people are a little more important than our little plant friends in our lives. And so I really love that we get to talk about this topic because these are skills that can be worked on last month, two months ago when you heard this lesson. Um, Now in your, whatever life stage you're at now, my life stage, my grandmother's life stage, any life stage, you can be cultivating these skills. So before we dive into um, the next part of the lesson, I wanna pray. So pray with me, please. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you so much for each one of these girls here tonight. Lord, I know that you've brought them here for a reason, you've brought me here for a reason and the leaders here for a reason. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open, soft and tender to what you would have us to learn that the word of God would dwell in us richly, Lord, as we read verses and we study what you have to say about friends that you would convict us, that we would repent of areas that we need to repent of Lord, and that we would desire to be the friend that you want us to be pray all of this in your name, amen. Okay, so we're gonna study the six W's in developing the art of being a good friend. And we'll see that starting with that right heart and the right motivation that we can then mature into being the friend that God designed and wants us to be that will best represent him to the world. So our first W is whose friend are you? Is your life characterized by more of a friendship with God or the world? Pastor Tom's been taking us through first John in big church. I don't know if you guys still call it big church, but uh, that through the uh, sermon series of first John, we've been learning that we can assess our relationship with God by what we love. Do we walk in obedience? Do we love God's way? Do we have a love for God's people, that right relationship, of fellowship? Do you believe and love the true gospel? I really hope that tonight you can say with confidence and assurance that you have been saved and you are a friend of God. But you know, there's a very real reality that you may find yourself on the fence. Just know that God says you can't be friends with both the world and with Him You can't hang on to the world with one hand and think that you're also hanging on to God because the only posture that he accepts is on your face repentance before him. You have to turn your back on your sin and you have to come to him empty handed, placing your faith in him. Jesus is a friend to sinners and that's our hope. So I want you to think before we continue, are you more friend of the world or God? And the reason I start with this is because you can't really develop into being a good friend unless you have the very root of your being transformed by God's grace. If you're still rotten on the inside and you have not been born again by faith, you're gonna have rotten friendships because you only love yourself. But if you've been born again by faith and the Holy Spirit gives you new loves and new desires, and with that, he will transform the entire way you look at your friendships. So it's really important to know about your relationship with God, because again, it affects your view of others and your relationships. So that's whose friend are you? Why? You know, for the world, the goal of, ha- of uh, friendship is really just personal happiness and satisfaction which really leaves those friendships on rocky ground when somebody's not happy. But the goal of being a good friend for a believer is to love like Christ. So that's really your why is to love like Christ. Cause again, that brings glory to him. That puts his love on display. As believers, we have two commands in life. We are to love God and we are to love others. And of course, friendship falls under that loving others category. So if we love God, we're we're going to want to show His love to others. Now, this loving others, and I put it in air quotes, this loving others business is serious. It's top priority to Christ right after loving God, the Father. So I want you to turn with me, please, to John 13, chapter John. I mean, yeah, book of John, chapter 13. to verses 34 and 35, and while you're turning there, I'm just going to set the context for you. Christ is giving his last words to his disciples here at the Last Supper before he goes to trial and is crucified. And he says to his disciples, a new commandment, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, the big point of the friendship for believers is so that Christ's love is put on display. Again, this is what sets the purpose of a believer's relationship apart from the purpose of worldly relationships. So how did Christ love us? You know, if I, if I surveyed the room, you guys would, would be able to tell me, he lived the perfect life for me and for you. He died on our behalf. He sacrificially loved us through that life and death. This passage comes just after Jesus has washed his disciples' feet as a model of love that is humble and sacrificing. Fortunately, we don't have that culture of foot washing, at least here, uh, but it was the lowliest menial task that the lowest slave had to do in the house. And That's what Christ did for his disciples. And that's what he said, you need to be doing for others. So, like I said, we're not gonna be washing each other's feet tonight, unless you really want to come wash my feet and apply a little, you know, nail polish to it, that's fine. But, um, but love, let's talk about this love. It's really the highest form of selfless acts done for the good of the one loved. Highest form of selfless acts done for the good of the one loved. So in other words, this kind of love may not involve happy feelings. It may not involve emotional promptings or sentimental attractions but biblical love always seeks the good of the one loved, no matter what the cost or sacrifice. So this really means then if it's about loving others that friendship isn't about you. So don't throw, you know, don't throw your pins at me, but friendship really isn't about you or me. You, we definitely receive many friendships. I mean, blessings from the friendships. But again, it's not about us, it's about sacrificially loving the other person to put Christ's love on display. So that's my big why. I wanna move into who, who are your friends? Well, let's take a second and define friendships. Um, This is not a DTR define the relationship talk, by the way, okay. Well, actually it kind of is, yeah, I could go with that. Um, I'm really addressing your relationship with other girls and other women because the art of developing friendships with guys is a whole other topic for another evening. Actually, it's a lifetime of discussion, but, uh, so this is really about developing strong relationships with other women in your life. And I'm also talking about people that you have face-to-face connections with, okay? These, these topics can apply to your virtual only friends, but God really intended for us to connect face-to-face with people because it's just so easy, you know, to hide behind a screen or a a persona or avatar or whatever. And your online friend can't really see the whole picture of you. So they can't really be a good friend to you because they don't know all of you. Um, But the world really says that my friends are the people that love me. And, you know, in one respect, that could be true. We think friend, just the people that we get along with, other people that we just like. Um, but I want us to expand our scope just a little bit to some of the following categories, because when I looked at scripture for how to be a good friend, I really saw different categories of people in our lives. And I saw that we actually treat the people in these categories the same at the heart level. It may not always look the same on the outside, but our heart will always be the same towards people. So. If you're a believer, then the majority of your friends and especially your closest friends will be believers. If you're an unbeliever or if your friends are unbelievers, if you have unbelieving friends, then your purpose and intention is to share the gospel with them. Again, to put Christ on display through your words and your actions and your attitudes, you know, because just by being intentional and thoughtful and gracious it will show the unbelieving world that you have other priorities besides yourself. Your priorities are God and others. And that just, that's a big witness and testimony to them. But I also want you to think about the category of enemies. Uh, We are to treat our enemy enemies like they are our friends. Again, at the heart level, we are to bless those. Matthew says we are to bless those who persecute us. We are to bless and not curse them. Now, you may not have somebody chasing you down, trying to kill you right now, okay? But there are those people who are just difficult to get along with, and they're not leaving your life anytime soon. You know, as a believer, do you just tolerate their existence? Christ says in Luke that it's easy to love those that love you back. Everyone loves people that shows love to them, right? But believers are to love those that even persecute them. So. Because again, it's this sacrificial love that sets us apart from the world. And you, uh, you might think, okay, I mean, there's people in my life that I tolerate and I don't really have enemies. Um, I want you to look at the fringe people in your life, the people that just kind of take up space, the people that look lonely, maybe that have tried to be friends with you, but you just kind of discounted them. Um, according to Luke, you know, you're not receiving love from them, but you do need to reach out and show Christ's love to them. And again, that's going to look different for the people, different people in your life at the different levels of relationships. But at the heart level, you are to love those people as well. And, you know, an even tougher topic to to really think about is you may feel like you don't have any friends. I want you to look to the person on your left, on your right, in front of you, behind you, look around the entire room, okay? Ladies, you are amongst friends. These are your friends. The people that you worship and serve with side by side are the people that you should find your refreshment with as well. So I wanted to bring out these categories of people um, because we aren't to just learn to be a good friend to our best friend, okay? That's important as well but really we need to be a friend to everyone that God brings into our lives. We really have to set aside our own personal preferences to elevate and honor the other person, no matter who they are. Now, after I gave this lesson in middle school, it was brought to my attention that one of the middle schoolers thought that I really meant that like every single person in the world, like we were supposed to be friends with every single person. So please do not misunderstand me. Okay. When I say the people that God brings into your life, like your social realm. Okay. You're not, you don't have to be like best friends with the person that like bagged your groceries for you or whatever, you know what I mean? Okay. Or that was helped you in the drive through at Chick-fil-A. Um, you know, the people that you like interact with on a daily and a weekly basis, this is who I'm talking about. Okay. So what is the next W. What is the content of this kind of sacrificial love? Well, we looked in John 13 about Jesus telling us this new commandment that he gives to love one another. And he says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Well, later on, he tells the disciples in John 15, greater love has no man than this, than." one laid down his life for his friend. So what does this look like for us? Um, Most of us are not going to be called to physically die for our friends. In fact, I'd say that probably none of us will be. Um, I would die for my friends, but I probably won't have to. But scripture is full of what we call the one another's. And these are verses that give very specific ways that we are to treat other believers and how to sacrificially love them. There are hundreds verses and I don't have time to go through them all, but we have a lifetime to look through scripture and study them on our own. But i lumped them together in three categories. And oddly enough, Craig did too. Um, And that's our attitudes, our words and our actions. And I'm going to start with our attitudes because like I said earlier, you know, if our hearts have been changed, our attitudes, we have new loves, new desires that the Holy Spirit gives us. We're going to have different attitudes towards our friends. And if we have the right attitudes, then our actions and words are going to flow correctly out of that. So the attitudes of a good friend. Um, humility, Philippians 2. Let's turn to Philippians 2, please. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Says in Philippians two, verses three through four, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So humility is a deep sense of understanding and understanding of your littleness. And this is not your littleness in comparison to the other person. It's a littleness in comparison to who you are before God. You are a sinner saved by grace. You are not just a better sinner saved by better grace than your friend. And I really like the illustration. I don't know where I heard it, it was years ago, but. I am just one beggar showing another beggar where to get food. So in other words, it's all I am. I'm a beggar before God. And I want to show you where to get that bread of life. But we're both beggars. The opposite of humility would be pride, obviously. And Paul defines pride here in these verses as doing nothing out of selfishness and empty conceit. So pride is a love of self. And it says me first because I'm more important. Pride really pushes for its own way. And pride also uses people to get where it wants. I'm sure you've all experienced that. Maybe, maybe you haven't in a relationship, but it doesn't feel very good when other people treat you that way. And, you know, have you ever thought, like, "Mm, I'm kind of too good to be friends with her or I want to be friends with that girl because she's in the right group. She's in the right tribe. Or have you ever thought, if I'm friends with this other person, then these friends over here won't think I'm cool because I'm hanging out with her, even though she clearly needs a friend. That's all pride. That all stems from pride. You've got to remember that that you were in sin and you were a nobody and God saved you out of that. Christ washed his disciples' feet. So don't let pride spoil your friendships or even your opportunities for friendships. Pride also has us comparing ourselves to one another. We are constantly comparing ourselves to one another, our looks, our families, our talents, our skills, our body shapes, whatever it is. And it's just so selfish because it keeps your eyes on you, makes you jealous, which kills your friendships. Your identity as a believer is in Christ. So take your eyes off your friends and start comparing yourself to Jesus. And that will certainly help build humility in your life. So that's an attitude of humility. The next one I would say is unconditional love. Ephesians four two says that we are to show tolerance for one another in love. You know, we like to use the word tolerate as like, I just, up with somebody. But this tolerance is actually in scripture. It means it's continual. It can't be cut off. This love cannot be cut off. It's unconditional, no strings attached. It's loving our friends through times when they're annoying, when they aren't showing us love, when they're not responding, we choose to love them anyway. And again, that looks different in how it plays out in our lives and how close we are to them and whatnot, but our, you know, our heart attitude isn't to just cut them off. We continue to have a heart of love. The next attitude would be an attitude of forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says that we, for, we are to forgive one another just as the Lord forgave you. We have to remember that Christ does not keep our sins, he doesn't keep an account book of our sins um, he forgives them they're they're gone he takes them and as far as the east is from the west in the same way we should not be in account hold an account book with our uh, friends you know you've done something wrong all right i'm going to write that down oh you did that again okay i'm tally marking that one you know we just know we forgive we move on we are also to assume oh we are to assume the best. Sorry, I don't know where that is on my slide. Oh well, maybe it's out of order. We are to assume the best, and this is tough, you know. But you know, you know maybe somebody responded cranky to you, and we have to remember, okay, maybe they just like really had a bad day. Maybe I interrupted them and they were lost in thought. Um, so you just ask questions of them. Hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Or just pray for them and don't take it personally. Um, You have to remember, you don't know the whole story. So you just assume the best. And you've got to remember too, us ladies like to talk and we like to share stories. And if you hear a story about someone, wait to hear the story from the actual person before you make a judgment call or better yet, maybe it's not your place to make a judgment call and you just say, you know, I'm going to wait until I hear more details. That's assuming the best. The next attitude is no expectations. Have no expectations. Remove those expectations. We don't set the standards for our friendships. We don't say what our friends should and shouldn't do for us. God does. The gospel has transformed our lives from what's in it for me to how am I going to be used by God to love this friend. So we have zero expectations from the other first person. And we just focus on what we need to do as a good friend. I'm going to move next into our, uh, the words of a good friend. And I'm going to start flying here. The words of a good friend, our tongues have so much power death and life are in the power of the tongue is what it says in Proverbs 18:21. 21. Um, I want you to move to Ephesians 4, 29, please. Ephesians 4, 29. So go back one book, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And it says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. So I want us to look at that need of the moment. Do you listen first? Are you quick to cut people off and just start in with your own response in person? You can't find out what the need of the moment is if you're not listening. And then after you listen, do you ask questions? And this is really an idea that I've tried to follow Um, I try to at least ask one question before responding with an answer. I try to ask more than that, but at least one. That really helps the other person know that you've heard them. It can help you clarify, but it also shows an interest in the person. Um, Proverbs 18, 13 says he who gives an answer before he hears it is folly and shame to him. So learn to ask good questions. The next thing, and we do find this in Ephesians is edification. Our words are to be good for edification. This is one of the biggest blessings of friendships is the way that my friends have instructed me or helped me improve through encouragement and through speaking truth to me, because when I have failed, they are quick to remind me to repent and of God's grace. When I succeed, my friends are there to cheer me on. When I'm going through a hard time, they're quick to remind me of God's faithfulness. And when I'm rejoicing, they celebrate God's blessings with me. Y'all should have my friends. My friends are awesome. No, but seriously, my friends are good friends because they've spent years saturating themselves in the word so that these encouraging words and truths just flow out of them into our relationship. It's because of their own discipline and their time in the word that they've worked to really develop being a good friend. But as a result, I'm a better person because of their edifying words. We are to be gracious, Ephesians says, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And that just means showing a natural kindness or courtesy. You know, we want our words to bring joy, and delight and charm and loveliness to the conversation. I was born with a special gift of snark. Does anybody else have that? Okay, and sass and you know, I, I just thank you Lord, but no, thank you. i really have to work on that. But, um, but we want our words to be lovely because we want others to hear Christ and the gospel needs to sound appealing through our conversations and tones with others. So we want our words to be gracious. Ephesians says, unwholesome, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. And girls, do I even need to go there? Don't gossip, okay? Love covers a multitude of sins. But here's kind of the rule that I live by. This is kind of what my mom taught me. If you're talking to someone that isn't a part of the problem or a part of the solution, then it's more than likely gossip. If it's not a part of the problem and you're not a part of the solution, it's more than likely gossip. But also don't gossip because you want to be trustworthy as a friend, you know, who wants a friend that goes and repeats all of my flaws to the whole world? No, no, thank you. So don't, don't gossip, that's unwholesome. And then be quick if you do find yourself having unedifying, ungracious words, be quick to go ask forgiveness of your friend. I love Psalm 141.3, it says, David says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And it just reminds me that my words need to be controlled by the guard of the Holy Spirit in my life. So these are our words. And last would be the actions of a good friend. This is probably the easiest and you guys, I would love to just make a big circle and say, how do you love your friends? What are some good tips that you do to be a good friend? And I think we'd come up with some great ideas, but scripture has a lot to say about that. The heart attitude behind that as well. Um, we are to obviously love. And actually I was looking at this this morning and I realized that I'm going to quote Mandy Hunt. Yeah. She told me when we're going through partners that love is a verb. I don't know if I remember that. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's an action. Love does. You all know first Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does. And again, it's Christ's love for us that motivates us to love others. So our actions should be of love, should be loving. We should be serving others as Christ showed love by coming to serve and not to be served. Galatians 6.10 says that, so then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And that while we have opportunity doesn't mean just occasionally, it actually means for our entire period of life here on earth. We are to be intentional about doing good, making a plan for that. We are to sacrificially give and serve. We don't do it just when it's convenient to us. We don't do it when it's just easy, but we do it when the need is there. We are to pray, be the I gotcha friend. This is the friend that I text, hey, I've got something big coming up today. Can you just pray for me? And I know that I, that friend, you know, texts me back, I gotcha. She's gonna pray for me. And I know that she'll have prayed for me because she'll follow up with me later and be like, Hey, how'd that go? I prayed for you. And that just means the world to me. Be that kind of a friend. I got your friend. We want to show honor and give preference to our friends. And just remember back to that list of people that we might not always see kind of the fringe people that we need to also be showing an honor and preference to. We're to carry one another's burdens. I'm just going to move quickly. And we are to speak truth to one another in love. Okay, on my list here, I didn't put, we are to make cookies. We are to write notes. We are to text Bible verses. These are all good things, but in these one another's, you have to flesh out what this looks like in each of your relationships. It's going to look different for all of us, Um, but we are to do good. We are to do something to show love I'm going to skip through when well no let me just summarize that when should we be a good friend can you guys just tell me always okay so I don't need to go through that point with you um, be a loyal friend but also walk by faith because you're not going to always feel like being a good friend. I mean, we're women. We don't always feel like doing anything all the time. Okay, so we have to take those opportunities when we don't feel like it to really walk by faith and the power of the Holy Spirit to be that good friend because of Christ, our example, right? Okay, where here on earth? And my point with that is that here on earth, this is a picture of fellowship of what we're gonna have in heaven, which is just, I mean, that gives me the goosebumps to think about. But you know, your core group of friends right now are your built in community of family and your built in community of church and youth and small group and it just kind of expands out from there. So, okay, I want to jump in before I jump into the application, I want to give you some cautions. You may say, I don't have any friends or you may say, I've tried to do these things and it doesn't work or you may have a lot of friends and you still feel lonely. I mean, that's a reality in life. So here's my cautions, be fulfilled in Christ first. Make sure that you're not looking for something in a friendship that only Christ can fulfill. He is the one that never leaves you or forsakes you. He never turns his back. He loves you unconditionally. He's always listening and he knows you better than you know yourself. In him, you find your perfect friend. My next caution is to do these things for the right reason. You know, if you just do these things to gain friends, then you're in it for the wrong reason. And friendship, it's going to be an up and down roller coaster for you. So make sure you're doing it for the right motivation. And then my last caution is wherever you are at in those categories, just, you know, remember that it's just a season. Some friends only last a season. Some friends last through all the seasons. But if you're feeling lonely or whatever, it won't stay like that forever. It can, it can feel like that, especially at your age. But remember that it could, you could just use this as a time to really develop your friendship with the Lord and your relationship with Him and to rely on Him for comfort and peace and fulfillment. Okay, I'm gonna jump into, those are my cautions. And now I'm going fast, sorry, ladies. But I wanna jump into the application as if you haven't had enough already, here's just a few more things. Uh, You need to be in the word. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? Okay. Um, So that your walk with the Lord rubs off on others so that you can speak truth and love. I cannot tell you how many times (laughs) I've read my Bible that morning and it ends up applying to a conversation somewhere later in the day with a friend. Um, And I wouldn't have been prepared or gotten as much out of the text, obviously, if I hadn't read it. Um, but, but it, you know, the word impacts your daily life. I don't know what else to say about that. So be in it. Uh, be practicing. Okay, you know, I, I'm a piano teacher for profession, so I kind of say this all day long too. <laughs> you got to practice piano. Uh, be practicing. It. You have to practice to develop this art. It goes against our natural tendencies. Um, but you really have to work at being a best friend even to your, or be a friend to your best friend um, and being a friend to the people that you know are lonely in your life and don't have a lot of friends. So practice it, be intentional. Go into a social situation with a plan on who you're gonna act with and how you're going to do it. And sometimes I kind of have a pre, set list of questions in my head. Hey, I know I'm going to be seeing this person. I, last time I talked to them, this was happening in their life. I need to make sure I catch up with them on that. I'm not great at this, but, um, but thinking through that ahead of time is helpful for me to stay engaged with those people and then be thankful. Thank the Lord for his sacrificial love for you. This will impact your relationship with others only as much, is it impacts you because you know, how can you hold a grudge against someone when you were reminding yourself of how much you've been forgiven and how can you withhold love from a friend when you remind yourself that you've been loved unconditionally? And of course, how can you not sacrifice for others when you think about what, how much Christ has sacrificed for you? So this thankfulness really helps us stay humble in our relationships. So you've already looked around the room once. I want you to look around the room again because you have some incredible examples of ladies who know how to be a good friend. Uh, They ask, listen, pray, follow up, encourage all the things that we've talked about. They're awesome examples that you can model and ask questions how they've built relationships in their lives. So my prayer for you girls tonight is that the world will know that you are His disciples by the way you love one another. So I'm going to pray for us now and then you will be dismissed to your small group. Dear Father in heaven, I thank you again for the reminder tonight of how much you have loved us, how you are a friend to sinners, Lord. I pray for any girls tonight that are not in a relationship with you, Lord. I pray that the truth of this would just break through the grip of sin in their lives, Lord. Um, That they would come to repentance and relationship with you that they would know your unconditional love your um, sacrifice for them Lord for the believers here tonight I pray that this would motivate us the love that you have for us would motivate us to go serve and love on the other people in our life Lord so that you are put on display to a to the world. I pray that you would bless the conversation tonight in their small groups, that it would be edifying, that their actions would be, I mean, their words would be encouraging to one another. Pray all of this in your name. Amen.